Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. To the PI Window on the World Show, as always, I'm your host, John Hansen. And uh, today's show is going to be very interesting. We're going to be welcoming uh, the, I guess, the new CEO of Proactus, Hamp Wall, and uh, CFO Tim Sykes shortly. We're going to be talking about the Proactus acquisition of Perfect Commerce. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that we are broadcasting over the virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network through our studios in New York City, which means if you're joining us now, that is terrific, glad to have you. However, if you can't tune in at the appointed time, not to worry, because the entire show is being broadcast or being recorded in its entirety, which means that you can listen at your convenience. Just another great feature of internet radio, to be certain. Now, before I welcome uh, our guests to the show, I want to just digress a little bit to say, just this morning, I received the tip of a, a pending uh, acquisition, a significant acquisition on the near horizon. Now, I'm not going to go into the details because as any good journalist, I'm going to do my investigations on it and uh, get more facts for you. But what it reminded me of leading in today's show is that, uh, as some would suggest, we're going into an unprecedented era of M&A activity in the, uh, in the procurement world from a service provider standpoint. And I, and I think what's, what's interesting about that is, is that it's, what we're witnessing perhaps is a major change in the landscape of, of who the service providers are and the market share and the influence and how people uh, make decisions as to uh, who they're going to be dealing with. Certainly a change from the old days in the ERP era. And again, that, that's another discussion for another day on what uh, Gardner had called the postmodern ERP era. But nonetheless, I think we're entering a very interesting time. And that's why today's show is of particular interest to me. So without any delay, let's welcome to the segment uh, both Hamp Wall and Tim Sykes. Hi, Hamp and Tim. How are you today? Tim's great. Thanks, John. How are you? Oh, just fine. Thank you. So we're still waiting for Hamp to call in, I take it. <laughs> Sounds like it. All right. Well, you know what? You know, rather than rather than having some dead airtime waiting, because I'm sure he'll be joining us shortly, I have to ask you this question in terms of the uh, Proactus acquisition. And again, you're from this side of the equation with Proactus, uh, obviously, or, or were with Proactus at this time. I, I have to ask you right. right off the bat, um, how long in, 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 in the makings was this transaction? Like, is it something that just happened uh, over a relatively short period of time? I mean, how did you come about uh, looking at uh, Perfect Commerce as a viable, uh, uh, let's call them an acquisition target? Uh, so, I mean, the uh, the organization relationship between Proactus and Perfect is a good number of years uh, old, uh, so far as I'm aware. So there's been a linkage between uh, Rod Jones, who was the previous chief executive at Proactus, and uh, and Hamp, um, certainly going back to, uh, you know, the late noughties. Um, and through the ONCE uh, committee uh, that those guys are both, uh, are both on, 
uh, you know, they've got to know each other pretty well and have, over that time have established um, that uh, the business combination would make a whole load of sense as they've been through their, as each of the two businesses have been through their um, their journeys over over that period. Uh, as we all know, M&A is a difficult beast to uh, predict in terms of its timing. Um, and we've both been through, uh, both organizations have been through, uh, you know, their cycles and uh, the timing was just right over this last uh, over this last six to twelve months. So um, we we actually picked up with each other with a solid plan uh, during the early part of December uh, 2016. But uh, as I say, the the relationship goes back and the mutual kind of admiration goes back uh, you know many years now. So there was there was certainly a deep familiarity between the two organizations, which which prompts the question: Given that long history of of of, of awareness of, of of each other, what was the trigger point in 2016 and, and 20 you know this year to really I guess pull the trigger on a, on a merger and acquisition? Because again, you've had that lengthy history one with the other. Um, obviously, there was recognized synergies beforehand, but what what was the what was the point of saying hey we, we we have to make a move now so uh, i mean it was op- opportune in some senses john the um uh, certainly uh we know that uh, perfect commerce was coming towards a position of needing to uh refinance following its sort of um transformational acquisition of hubu way back in uh, uh, late 15 um they got some uh, interim finance you would call it for um to do that deal, and we're looking to refinance uh, and looking at various options as well as moving forward onto their next uh, piece of M&A as they're going down, you know, their growth story. Uh, likewise, Proactis had executed uh, its latest transaction in November 16 for um, the acquisition of Millstream Associates, uh, and we'd found that we had uh, we were significantly oversubscribed for that fundraise. So we knew that our investor community in the um, UK markets was. Uh, hungry for um, uh, to invest further in our story. Uh, so between us, we both, uh, from a financing perspective, came together at exactly the right time to put the businesses together. Uh, that's that's how we see it. Okay, so this is this is an interesting point because then then will lead to this question: is is that do you and you heard my comments perhaps at the the opening of the show that some say this is going to be an unprecedented time we're entering of of m and a activity this is this is just the beginning i mean do you share those sentiments in terms of an overall industry uh, movement and then let's do the second part of that question saying is is now that perfect commerce and and uh, proactives have come together is, is this the end of the M&A efforts or, 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 or I guess, the, the strategy going forward? Or might there be another acquisition down the road? So, so again, the first question is, I mean, do you believe that we are on the threshold of, of, of a somewhat active M&A, uh, M&A world? I think we're in it, John. Um, we have, I mean, Proactis in the last three years has taken a super small scale, of course, has taken... Uh, you know, five pieces of M&A uh, through to completion in the last three years or so. And we know that Perfect Commerce has been super active as an independent company prior to that. So we absolutely see that in the industry generally. Uh, specifically for our enlarged group, clearly we have uh, more than doubled the size of the Proactis group in bringing these two businesses together uh, to create what we think is a fairly unique platform. Um, but uh, and and we have sort of delivered a 
a scaled business if we look at the sort of um, the independence in this area, uh, you know, reasonably significant scaled business. But there is more to do. Um, we have a huge amount of work to do on the integration of the two businesses, which will be, uh, you know, challenging. Um, but we, we certainly have appetite for further M&A, but, uh, but ideally it would come maybe six to 18 months down the line from, uh, from today. Now, do you think the M&A activity that's happening, uh, you think that that is a, in itself a trigger for more M&A activity? Uh, for example, there is a fear by competitors, for example, of if they don't follow suit that they could be left behind. Like, I mean, what's the mindset, do you believe, behind this M&A activity? I mean, other than we'll get into it uh, momentarily on the solution synergies and, again, merging of cultures. But but. What do you think is the driving force behind it? Like you've talked about the factors behind yourself, uh, the oversubscription, uh, the the financial elements that come into play here. Uh, but are those the only are are those the are those the only factors driving this M and A? What what else is behind this 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 activity? Yeah, it's certainly not just limited to financial. It, it, I mean, we can only give our own opinion, of course. Um, you know, we get some uh, wider perspective through things like the ones committee and our. You know, there when we get to uh, to discuss things with with our sort of partners in the space, um, but we would say that the, um, uh, the the drivers are along being able to to deliver a better value to customers by matching their own organisation in terms of geographical touch. So you know, most of our customers in certainly up in tier one and mid market are um, you know global international players looking for a global international partners to support them, and there are actually very few in our space that can do that. Uh, this combination, we believe, delivers that uh, that capability to, you know, be more of a strategic partner with our customers. Um, so that's one angle, geographic and, or territorial kind of spread of, uh, you know, full function capability. Uh, then there's things like um, building customer bases to get to scale, which does create, we believe, you know, is one of the key financial drivers in terms of multiples and valuations. Uh, and then there's also activity around pulling together a full suite product, you know, so that uh, so that you are end to end on your procurement capability, and then and then also the networking capabilities starting to be seen as you know a crucial add-on and cap add-on capability to the procurement suite. So um, so we think that players are starting to pull together on a tech story to get a full tech suite uh, on a territorial spread to make sure that they can service their customers more uh, better across all territories and financially to create better valuations. Now, I have to ask this because I had made reference to the Gartner comment of a couple of years ago saying we're now in the postmodern ERP era. Uh, uh, the question I have here is that, and I'm sure you have as much familiarity with this as I, is that in the ERP days, you've had uh, that being the, the foundation and then the the, the procurement function being a bolt-on and, and trying to put it all under one solution. And let's face it, the success rate of those implementations were, were, were low, very, very low. How does this coming together of these different, and, and let's call them, I don't know if that's the right term, um, modules of, of capabilities in their own right to being uh, good at what they do and putting it together, how is this different than, than what was uh, beforehand when uh, ERP giants, the oracles, the SAPs, would try to assemble these kinds of end-to-end of -end continuity that you talk about? I mean, is this going to lead to better results? Well, I mean, obviously, we believe so. Um, 
through uh, you know through a, a, a longer term piece in terms of kind of product um, uh, uh, call it integration. Uh, in today's world, though, tech has moved forward from the old days, hasn't it? And therefore, you know, modules speak to each other or can be made to work with each other so much more easily uh, than in the old days. Um, also, we're written pretty much in the base in the same basic tech language. So the integration or the pulling together or the coordination of the modules works pretty uh, easily and straightforwardly. Um, certainly, we believe that Perfect Commerce has within it a, an excellent uh, sort of almost like um, industry asset in uh, the business network, which we believe is a, uh, a really strong integration hub or integration uh, enabler. Uh, so we believe that we've got a great story to be able to pull together the different modules within procurement uh, to uh, you know to our customers' benefit. So is it safe to say between the the evolution of technology and the approach to structuring an end-to-end -end solution that that is the key in in terms of of uh, what was in the past with the ERP world and where we're going in the future? So, in other words. Uh, what you just referred to is the reason why we're not going to run into the the high rate of failures, why adaptability will be so much higher, while uh, ease of use and all these other factors that are indigenous to the new technology. I mean, that's really what you're saying. Am I right? Well, we do believe so. And also, of course, um, something that is um, a place to our strengths. And again, I'm, I'm talking about the combination here. I don't want to... Uh, you know, put put upon a wider story and comment on you know our respected other players in the in the space. But both Proactus and Perfect historically come from uh, you know a business philosophy of uh, delivering profitable businesses, um, and combined together, we're a profitable business. So so failure uh, in terms of financial failure is not on our agenda. Um, we believe that we can pull these businesses together and the products within them for our customers benefit in a profitable fashion so that we believe that we have a uh, you know a solid foundation to be able to make sure that we're here for the long term well, now let's dive into that because you're talking about the synergies, and of course, you can only speak to the proactive, perfect commerce synergies from a solution standpoint. I mean, what are the things that end users or, or clients of both companies can expect from a, a solution standpoint of, of this, this acquisition uh, that they didn't have previous to it? Sure. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a case of looking at uh, either side of the equation uh, here. So, from a proactive perspective, we would say that the uh, there are a number of smaller uh, you know areas of functionality, but we would say that the um, uh, that the most significant uh, piece that we'll bring to the party through the acquisition is um, you know a mature and solid uh, networking capability through uh, that technology that Perfect Commerce brings with it into the um, into the group. Uh, proactive clearly has. Some networking capability, but it is in a very early stage of development with early adopters. Um, the business network is a really significant asset uh, for Perfect Commerce, and will take Proactus's story uh, and its capability for its customers, um, you know, way beyond what we could expect to do over the next five years. So, a very significant acceleration uh, from from that point of view. Uh, on the flip side, uh, Proactus has a capability in uh, AP automation or optical character recognition technology, where we have existing customers on either managed service or through uh, software sale, able to use that technology where 
uh, presently perfect commerce doesn't have. And likewise, in we would say supply chain finance or accelerated payments uh, for suppliers, um, we uh, at, at Proactis uh, have that capability ready to go. Um, but uh, but at the moment, uh, perfect commerce hasn't. So the combination, the blend across just those three items is. Uh, really complementary. Uh, there is some overlap around the procurement uh, technology and the procurement uh, capability. Um, but again, it's complementary because Perfect is generally used within sort of tier one and larger organizations uh, globally, whereas Proactis' technology is really built for uh, mid-market uh, type organizations. So complementary across the piece with uh, you know, nice gaps in Perfect's offer which Proactis fills gaps inside of Proactis as offer which Perfect fills and then where there's some overlap actually quite different in terms of the markets and the customers that those products serve. Let me let me ask you this then from a standpoint of uh, end user experience and the interface of what they'll be seeing will there be much of a change? Uh, so uh, well they should yes absolutely I mean we would hope that uh, over time we'll be able to as the you know the learning happens across the two organizations as separate organizations as we become one that the uh, uh, the customer facing teams will be uh, better equipped uh, with more uh, opportunity f uh, to add value for customers uh, obviously should uh, should those customers want to go down those uh, procurement journeys with us uh, there's still we believe a lot of um, uh, greenfield uh, sites in the procurement space and uh, you know looking forward to fill those with a f with the full suite and offer and the uh, you know the territorial uh, reach that uh, that the combined group brings uh, clearly it's a, an, an integration process to get through so that we're working together as one uh, but uh, but that's our intention surely Okay, now let's go back. Let's look at a little bit of the company culture because I want to go back to what you said at the top of the show is that uh, there has been a long history of understanding. I think you called it mutual admiration, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what effect does that have on bringing together company cultures? Because as I'm sure you know, one of the biggest challenges in, in, with, with most acquisitions is the, the mergers of different cultures. Uh, obviously, at the higher level, there was that existing synergy for lack of a better word but but what about throughout the entire organizations uh, how are the cultures going to be coming together a any challenges that you foresee in that regard uh and any benefits from the past relationship that can help maybe overcome them or at least make those transitions smoother we we agree entirely with the sentiment john that it um uh, m, m a actually just just generically um is proven to uh, be uh, extremely challenged by the bringing together of, of separate cultures, isn't it? We we ac we accept that, um, and and we see it as a a, a positive strength of both organisations that we appear to have both been able to pull together uh, companies uh, and to integrate businesses together um, historically. So we would both say we have a track record of. M&A integration, uh, delivering uh, you know consistent results pre and post uh, integration, and even improved results pre and post acquisition uh, on both sides of the camp. So we feel that we are uh, that way inclined um, independently. Um, then pulling ourselves together, if we looked at Proactis and Perfect separately over the transition and over the move towards the acquisition in the last few years very, very similar stories in terms of 
uh, you know, desire to bring uh, organic growth to a business supported through uh, the M&A process, uh, profitability being a key aspect of that culture. Uh, and clearly the teams within those businesses are designed with that strategy in place. Um, so we come together looking pretty similar, maybe operating in different markets with some different influences and uh, strengths in different areas perhaps, but, um, but nevertheless with the same kind of style and culture. Um, and certainly uh, through the courting period, you might call it, as we went through due diligence and fundraising with the two teams getting quite close together, at the level below the sea level, you would say, and into uh, EVP um, uh, type level uh, in, the, in the teams, a very, very good, strong um, relationship and understanding. And, uh, and so we're very confident about that capability. Clearly, we're now... I think two weeks or so post uh, completion, um, and you know the early stages look look really really good. We are you know aligning a, a central team uh, that is global, um, you know managed by uh, UK and US uh, team members, uh, designed to support regional teams uh, that are customer facing, uh, that are led in those in those territories by some. Uh, some great managing directors that, that work well together. So we are, um, you know, really confident that we can pull together the the the, the, the teams uh, because the cultures are, you know, uh, already well founded, um, you know, in in the businesses as as they were. Uh, so in essence, what you're the proof will be in the eating. <laughs> right, it will be in the eating ultimately, but uh, but the early the early stages look uh, look great from our perspective. So certainly, besides the technological synergies you saw, obviously you looked at it as you talked about the values and the approaches and the mindsets were similar. That was obviously a key factor in that regard. Uh, what about duplication or overlap? I mean, you have two companies coming together. Are, are we looking at the fact that there is going to be some, and I, won't, I, won't, I guess I will use the word, layoffs or, or shift in the, in the overall workforce as a result of this acquisition? Or is it, uh, at least for the time being, I guess it's, go it's going to be business as usual, but is there going to be some shifting in that regard? Uh, well, so, I mean, you've, you've uh, highlighted um, layoffs uh, specifically. Um, I mean, it is a natural part of uh, business integration uh, where you have uh, overlapping teams. Uh, so, for example, we are um, a UK proactive uh, legacy, let's call it, was a UK company with some uh, US presence, uh, and Perfect was... Um, a U.S. company with a substantial mainland European company uh, uh, operation, rather with a little bit in the U.K. Um, so there is uh, definitely some overlap. That's a part of the, a natural part of any um, business combination in many respects, or in most respects. Uh, and uh, and there will be some uh, inside of our story. I mean, in fact, we have um, uh, you know led our investors. Um, and described our investors that we will take uh, five million pounds worth of annualized cost from this business in the next 12 months. Uh, that is not all uh, people related, of course, because there are some operational synergies in terms of property and in terms of uh, you know office space uh, and in terms of data centers and uh, IT infrastructure and licenses and all of the sort of um, bought-in products and services. But yeah, there are some layoffs to be had, and we're going through that process. And people uh, expect that, I think, in the modern day of uh, business combinations.
Now, going forward to, 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 to the next question, I guess the final thing is, what would you say are the biggest challenges? And we'll start with you and, and with a little bit of extra time, maybe extend this to, to the much broader industry question. But with regard to, to the, the new proactus, we'll call it, call it that. What are some of the biggest challenges that you see yourself facing in the market over the next 12 months? Uh, and, and counterbalance that with what, what are some of the biggest opportunities you see for this new organization? Uh, well, so the, I mean, the challenge is for for Proactus is to um, maintain its uh, focus on customers while we have uh, bringing together of two uh, individually sort of significant um, uh, co corporate teams, let's call it. So the challenge is uh, focus on customers, and because we're aware that that's the challenge, uh, you know, we're going to meet it. Um, so that's the you know the, our, our main proposition to make sure that we continue to win business with the great products that we've got with the enlarged group uh, or enlarged set of products that we that we have to offer or solutions we have we have to offer. So the challenge is to maintain our position in the market and our growth rates that we have in the markets. Uh, and the opportunities there are immense. We still believe. I mean, it's a growing market. To, um, I think if we look at uh, you know Forrester or other uh, industry analysts, we see. You know, predicted market growth running at 10%. We see lots of greenfield sites, uh, uh, pocket sites in terms of uh, U.S. mid-market, for example, we believe, and U.S. Um, public sector, we believe, as well as over in uh, mainland Europe in different pocket sizes in terms of the networking capability, supply and networking capability. So lots and lots of opportunities for us to fulfill uh, from a commercial perspective. Uh, but as I say, the challenge is to make sure that we do that and focus in that area uh, whilst whilst bringing the businesses together and uh, and making those those synergistic costs uh, uh, come out in a uh, in an efficient fashion. So referencing what you had talked about the Forrester growth uh, projections, I, obviously Proactus prior to uh, the the acquisition of Perfect Commerce was not in the best position to be able to achieve or maintain that kind of growth that is necessary, I guess, to remain competitive. That obviously was a big factor behind the acquisition itself, wasn't it? Because it does position you better to be able to 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 gain a much larger market share than you would have uh, prior to the Perfect Commerce acquisition. I mean, is that a fair statement? I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't think so, John. No, I don't subscribe to that. If we look at our figures um, over the last certainly three years, you'll see a company that has grown organically at or around that market rate of growth. Uh, what we've done is supplement that with further consolidation uh, in the uh, UK specifically uh, to take the growth well beyond that. So we've been looking at a, a three-year CAGR of 35% full top-line growth underpinned by 10% organic, which is uh, you know a, mark, a market rate of growth. So we would say we had been uh, uh, growing at that level, but clearly uh, you know insignificant uh, individually in terms of uh, overall market share. Uh, the combination of the two brings together a company that is, you know, approximately, let's say, one one and a half percent market share, and combat on a combination growing at that market rate would be a substantial player uh, going going forward. So, yeah, I I don't quite subscribe to the uh, to that capability. Surely, of course, with the opportunities I described around the U.S., we are much better placed as an enlarged group to fulfil those. Uh, those opportunities with our with our product certainly, Proactus would on its own have been um, uh, limited in its capability to execute in the U.S. from a relatively small uh, foundation. 
obviously perfect commerce gives us a much bigger foundation to access that area of the global market. Well, Tim Sykes, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you know what, it, this, this uh, initial uh, we'll have, uh, we'll have a follow-up session in about six months' time to sort of see where you're headed. But I want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, although Hamp couldn't join us, uh, I appreciate uh, the perspective and insights that, that you brought regarding this, uh, this deal. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, John. It was great to get the opportunity to get our story across. And to you, of course, uh, as always, my listeners, I want to thank you for joining us uh, again, as well as other uh, M&A activity, as I alluded to at the top of the 30-minute uh, segment. Uh, I just got a tip on a, a, a supposedly notable uh, acquisition that is on the near horizon, which uh, promises to be uh, uh, something of, of, of interest to everyone in the procurement world, and I'll keep you apprised of that as well. But uh, in the meantime, again, thank you for joining us today, and until we come across these same virtual airwaves again over the Blog Talk Radio Network, I bid you a good day. Bye for now.